It's Advent. It's not Christmas until the 25th. It's hard to wait even a few days. Why does Southern California's response to the growing COVID-19 pandemic have everything to do with Advent? Today we're going to talk about what we're waiting for and why it's hard for us to wait. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. The worldwide coronavirus pandemic is setting daily records for hospitalizations and death. The immunizations have started, but as Governor Newsom said, there's light at the end of the tunnel, but we're still in the tunnel. Here in the L.A. metro area, we are at its epicenter. We are the most infected urban area in America. Why us? Why Southern California? The architect Frank Lloyd Wright once said, tip the world over on its side and everything loose will land in Los Angeles. I was looking at the history of the little store, a.k.a. the country store in Laurel Canyon, and I found this quote from singer Joni Mitchell. Ask anyone in America where the craziest people live, and they'll tell you California. Ask anyone in California where the craziest people live, and they'll say Los Angeles. Ask anyone in Los Angeles where the craziest people live, and they'll tell you Hollywood. Ask anyone in Hollywood where the craziest people live, and they'll say Laurel Canyon. Ask anyone in Laurel Canyon where the craziest people live, and they'll say Lookout Mountain. So I bought a house on Lookout Mountain. One of my former bishops once said, That white stuff on the Sierra Mountains isn't snow. It's the transfer letters of Lutherans moving from the Midwest to Southern California. America has been a place people go to reinvent themselves since our founding. California reinvented reinvention. We are the last frontier, a place where people moving west couldn't move any further, a place where people got away from the old world. We're not lovers of freedom. We are lovers of license, that is, of being able to be anything we want and to do anything we want. As a result, we are creative and invented in every way. We don't think outside the box, we remove the box. If our behavior doesn't match our values, we change our values. We love our toys, our sports, our entertainment centers, our restaurants, our bars. We love to play outdoors. We can ski and surf in the same day. We love our status as rebels and iconoclasts, and it's coming back to bite us, all of us. We are now in decline. Where is our creativity? It's all in the hands of corporations now, with one motivation, money. Where's our imagination? In syndication. We used to set the standards, now we seek them. This is not true of everybody, it's not. But it's the environment in which we live, and it's coming back to bite us, all of us. Okay, I've vented, I've opened a space to let out some steam. Now I'd like to move on from venting to adventing. First, what season of the church year are we in? Hint, it's not Christmas. 
Christmas doesn't even start until December 25th, though Mary didn't keep a baby book and Jesus never celebrated a birthday that we know of. Theologically, it makes sense that Christmas should come around the time that the day's darkness is giving way to the longer days of light, and there's some evidence that Jesus was actually born around the time that we celebrate. Of course, it's been in our stores since last Labor Day. It's been on the radio since mid-November. People have started wishing me a Merry Christmas since last week. On our church calendar, it's Advent. Advent literally means coming, and it's been a battle to keep it that way for years. Why celebrate Advent if we can't wait until Christmas? And it's not just in a pandemic year phenomena, when everyone longs for something good. It's been happening every year. We have the deferred gratification ability of three-year-olds. We want what we want when we want it. Even I, I have to confess, gave up on part of this battle. The Christmas tree at the church I served in San Dimas came in the early part of December, well before Christmas, because it was easier on everybody's schedule and thought to be a lot of work for something that only lasted 12 days, days during which most other people's Christmases were over. It was in but I didn't turn the lights on until Christmas. Until I did. I was a Christmas purist. We didn't sing Christmas carols at the churches I served until Christmas Eve. Until one of the members of the church I served asked me why it was that the only place they heard Christmas carols was at the mall. I was torpedoed by consumer culture. Christmas season, though, starts on Christmas Day on December 25th and lasts until the day of the Epiphany on January 6th, when it ends, January 6th, the 12 days of Christmas. It seems like this year everybody's appropriating the 12 days of something to sell a product, and they lead up to Christmas Day because it's the biggest celebration of consumer culture goods and warm, fuzzy feelings that have nothing to do with the actual story of the birth of Christ, my feelings of nostalgia, and manufactured hope, always bound to disappoint of the year. It's the human condition. We are curved in on ourselves. That's one way Martin Luther defines sin. We want what we want when we want it, whether it's endless fascination with ourselves or rushing Christmas to enjoy the goodies or ignoring the simple things we can do to literally save lives and bring back our economy. It separates us from God. How do we get that creative and redeeming spark back? Christians proclaim that it's here and it's coming. It's here now in our baptism and faith and it's coming in the second advent. Advent is an orphan season. It's a season that points to something else. It's a season of preparation, as John the Baptist, a major player in Advent, does described in the very first words of the Gospel of St. Mark. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Okay, now I've advented. I've opened up a window to let the heat escape. Now I'd like to admit some fresh air. How much better and more realistic would it be if we flipped Christmas upside down and made it a holiday that lasted 12 days, starting on December 25th, instead of packing it up on January 1st? 
How much better would Advent be as a season of four weeks that points to God's promise of the Deliverer that people longed for for a thousand years, who is coming for a thousand years, including the last 300 years of prophetic silence? And then the Christ, the Messiah, was born. That same Jesus, after describing the signs of the end before the last judgment, said, Immediately after the suffering of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. How much better! to be reminded as we await the second coming, the second advent that has been coming for 2,000 years, that God keeps God's promises even when it takes a very, very long time, even when it's hard to wait. We live between the first coming of Jesus and the second, between the first advent and the second. There's light at the end of the tunnel, and it casts its light where we are, but we're still in the tunnel. We wait for a new heaven and a new earth. We seek to do what God has called and equipped and sent us to do, to make this world an expression of Jesus, the one that is to come, to find meaning and purpose in serving others in God's name, to live in the reign of God that has already begun in our baptisms and our acceptance of the gift of faith, in the peace that passes human understanding, until all is brought to the perfection again that God created, and that we messed up with our own selfishness. The earliest prayer of the Christian church comes at the very end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, the 22nd chapter starting at the 20th verse. The one who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. Let that be our prayer, and may that be our celebration in this Advent season. Today, let's remember to pray for those who are financially struggling, for the most vulnerable among us, and for those who feel insecurities of any kind. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available and support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. 
Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. <laughs>